0: WWE doing intergender matches? And Jonah? Jonah showing up on WWE programming? What is happening? Let's talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And on this very special episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be reviewing WWE Monday Night Raw. Yes, December 19th, 2022, that WWE Monday Night Raw. As of this recording, it is currently the 20th of December, 2022. We are in the final countdown, less than a week into entering the new year of 2023. I hope you guys had a wonderful 2022. Don't worry, I'll have a later podcast update. Before the end of the year, explaining to you guys all the new content, all the new stuff that I'm going to be thinking about. But currently, right now, we are going to review WWE Monday Night Raw. Before we get into it, obviously, I have to let you guys know, if you enjoy this episode, you can definitely tell a friend. You can share it on your social media networks. Word of mouth is the best type of marketing you could do for your favorite content creator. It costs you absolutely nothing. And it gives me all the joy and smiles that I will gladly thank you for telling your friend that there is another podcaster out there that reviews professional wrestling and breaks it down like no other. So thank you for listening to the square circle podcast by yours truly Marie shadows. Also, if you are a first time listener, I used to work for WWE back in 2018. I was on the WWE Network Logging Team, that department over there. And what I did basically was watch WWE programming for eight hours a day, five hours a day. And strengthen the search engine optimization for you guys so when you are searching the WWE Network for specific things like maybe John Cena's whole entire career Kurt Angle's whole entire career all of those matches and moments should come up without anything random in that search. Now, if you want to search for ladder matches, that'll be a more wider term a wider broad of stuff you'll get. You'll just have to sift through and get something that you want out of the category of ladder matches. So I would have to make sure that in the spreadsheet that I was looking at, I was using the correct terminology in wrestling, the lingo, anything that I knew to correctly Place these terms during the programming that I watched. And then you guys can search on the network and find whatever you wanted. I have no regrets, by the way. My seven-year-old dream of working for WWE has already been checked off. Aside from that... If you guys are signed up to my wrestling newsletter, marieshadows.substack.com, you should already be signed up. This is an extension of the podcast because not only would you get this podcast ad-free over at marieshadows.substack.com, but you also get other cool little goodies to read, my thoughts on other things, written articles, and soon-to-be ad fiction and because this podcast episode will be ad-free on marieshadows.substack.com, all I ask is when you see the post coming into your inbox, into your email, because it does get delivered to your email, if you do see a very special link there, that link is to give a one-time donation of any type of amount as an encouragement or an incentive or whatever you want to say, or even as a good podcast episode It is there. It is encouraged if you want to give a one-time donation to support a singular post. If not, I have options for yearly and monthly subscriptions so you don't have to worry about it and you get everything else on the newsletter. Just throwing it out there. All other platforms will have ads on it. All right, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. There are two things that I want to cover from Monday Night Raw for last night. The first is intergender matches. And then the second is Jonah showing up on WWE programming on Monday Night Raw. I will get more into that later. Just know that this is the same Jonah that went over to New Japan Pro Wrestling with his team, TMDK, the Mighty Don't Kneel. And they had a very wonderful 2022. So wonderful, in fact, that this is the same Jonah that took on the famous Rainmaker Okada during the G1. And this is the same Jonah that defeated the Rainmaker Okada during the G1. The fans in attendance... Did not like the fact that Jonah defeated Okada. There were a lot of Okada fans in this arena. I forget the city that they were in at the time of this G1 match of Okada versus Jonah. And Okada tried. The Rainmaker tried to defeat Jonah. But Jonah prevailed in the end. So... For Jonah to show up on WWE programming, man, I have a lot to say about that. That's gonna be towards the ending of this podcast episode. Let's talk about intergender wrestling for a second. To me, intergender wrestling is cool. It has a place in wrestling, it has a place in storytelling, if and when done right. Because let's face it, us as human beings, We sometimes do stupid shit. We say stupid shit. We act out in a very stupid way sometimes, right? And sometimes we may not be aware of our actions and what we do towards one another. So sometimes having an intergender wrestling match should always be professional, no matter what, but sometimes people think that they could get away with certain things intergender wrestling matches so as much as I like it and I feel that it does have a place in professional wrestling as always just be careful on who you're gonna have an intergender wrestling match with it should be professional at all times and there should be no shenanigans where either the man thinks that he could get away with doing something inappropriately and also the girl as well The girl shouldn't think that she could get away with something inappropriately just because she's a girl, and that goes for the guy as well. Intergender matches should be respected between each other because it's a competition to see who's the best, right? It's just a competition to see who's the best and give us a very great athletic match with a story in it rather than trying to be like, oh, I could get a freebie because of X, Y, and Z. No, you can't get a freebie. Don't fucking try it. Intergender matches should be at the most highest professional standard, the same way that you will be in the ring with a male opponent and a female will be in the ring with a female opponent and they have respect there and they're going to show you a awesome match with awesome athletic abilities. Cool. The only way that I knew that Raw was having a intergender match was through Twitter Because I was watching Westing's tier rankings videos up on YouTube. If you have not checked out their tier ranking videos on YouTube, please go do so. I really enjoy them. I have my opinions on their opinions, but it's a really fun tier ranking show. They're up to three episodes now. The one I was watching was about ranking the best women wrestlers of 2022. And I bring that up because I paused the video, turned on Monday Night Raw, and I basically caught the intergender wrestling match that had Rhea Ripley versus Akira Tozawa. Now, I don't know how this led up to it, other than I think that she hit him, he fell, and the Street Profits were hyping him up, and out comes a, you know, intergender wrestling match from that little scuffle, It could have been better. And I say that because I don't want WWE to do this thing of men don't hit women. And I know that's been ingrained in like everybody, depending on where you grew up, depending on the environment, depending on like the household that you're from, men are usually taught don't hit women, right? So in wrestling, that's also there too because sometimes – men don't want to do intergender matches because they don't want to hit women. It's a whole big thing, and it's a very iffy topic to talk about without, like, actually having a conversation about it. So what I don't like is that because Rhea is the bully in this situation, it's going to really look bad, it's going to really look off. Tozawa tried his hardest to bring some offense in, but because he's very small in terms of frame and muscle going after Rhea, who has, like, bigger muscles than him, there was some stuff that looked kind of off. Now, a way to fix this that would have been very interesting if we would have followed it over the past couple of weeks would have been if we didn't decide a winner in this first ever intergender wrestling match on WWE programming in forever. If we did not determine a winner last night on Raw, They could have kept this chase going where at the end the payoff would have been a really spectacular match between these two. Just because you know how to wrestle doesn't mean that you have instant chemistry with somebody or you can predict what they were going to do and then it looks smooth even if like you fuck up because there were a couple of fuck ups in this match and luckily it was caught and redirected and tried again, and didn't look as bad. So if they would have kept working at this, if it was like next Monday, we'll have Rhea versus Tozawa again. And then something would happen where we don't have a clear winner. And then the following week, it will be the same match. Again, no clear winner until like the fourth week to not drag it out so much. Then we decide a winner because for the longest, the IWC, the internet wrestling community, have been talking about WWE doing intergender wrestling matches so why not draw that out why not draw out that buzz the more that the buzz is talked about the more that WWE will see that there is something for this but you also have to be on the smart side and you have to navigate the waters very very closely and really think about sponsors Really think about how is it going to affect stories? Are we going to throw in another female in this? Are we going to throw in another male in this? Can we turn this into a mixed tag? Can we do this? Can we do that? The possibilities are endless. So if they would have like stretched this out to get the buzz still, they could still like, you know, make it worth the fans wild. If that makes any sense. I like the idea of the match, but... The match could have been a little bit better rather than having Rhea be so bully like towards Tozawa. And it seems like she goes after the men that don't want to hit her back. You know, I'm waiting for at least one of the men to step up or somebody else to step up and be like, I'm going to take you on as a challenger. I'm going to take you on as a performer and a wrestler that can match her you know, strength for strength, blow for blow, stuff like that. I don't think it was right to have Rhea versus Tozawa. And just to give you guys a taste of intergender wrestling matches, because you know Triple H reads everything, hears everything. People tell him about stuff. That was just to quiet you guys down, but continue to make noise about having intergender wrestling matches because, there is something special about it when done right between two athletes that are professional you know make some noise about having WWE bring back the mixed match challenge that was fun to do for a little bit like I enjoy that I just don't want this to be a one-time thing where WWE gives it to the fans and then doesn't really do anything with it and 20 years from now they do it again you know, I'd rather have some consistency because in certain storylines that WWE are creating, intergender matches can work. Mixed tag matches can work with the stories to give it more deeper layers, deeper characters, and better heel turns, better babyface turns. Like, there's a lot to do with intergender matches and mixed tag matches. Like, I don't want WWE to just. Give us this for what we saw on Monday Night Raw, which could have been better. I don't want them to give us this to quiet us down and nothing else comes from it. So continue to make noise, internet wrestling community. But that's my little tiny thought on the intergender wrestling match that happened last night at Monday Night Raw. Rhea versus Akira Tozawa with Rhea winning because there was interference, let's talk about jonah everybody wants to call him bronson reed and all the journalists were like bronson reed is coming back bronson reed is coming back first of all put respect on jonah's name it is jonah there is no problem trying to educate your fan base the ones that pay hard-earned money to know that he went by jonah in new japan pro wrestling and if you weren't covering his time in new japan pro wrestling well your girl marie shadows can definitely help you out with that if you have any questions and if you do have any questions you could always follow me on twitter at marie underscore shadows or email your questions to me at squared circle podcast at outlook.com my biggest issue is that because he defeated the rainmaker okada Not many wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling can say that they've beaten the Rainmaker Okada. Okada is the standard. He's the mountaintop. He's everything that we always talk about. And I hope if Jay White ever listens to this, he doesn't get upset at me. I know he is the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, but stay with me. Again, not many people, including Jay White, gets to beat Okada. So because Jonah defeated Okada at a G1 tournament, you guys know that the G1 is very, very, very highly spoken of and has the utmost prestigiousness of it. I'm trying to find like really fancy words for it, but the G1 is the tournament to be in if you want to be considered the best in the world at what you do. So to have a newcomer like Jonah come into New Japan Pro Wrestling, run that G1 gauntlet and get a victory over Okada. We all thought, all of us New Japan fans that really put New Japan on a pedestal, we all thought that Jonah was going to stay they were going to have something for jonah jonah should have been at new japan tamashi in the upcoming year in 2023 there's going to be a lot more added dates for new japan tamashi and if you guys don't know what new japan tamashi is it is the brand new brand of new japan so let me break it down this way we have new japan pro wrestling which Most of us fans can agree that that is the main roster, the place where you have to prove yourself as a fighting spirit and have a warrior background and all that kind of good things that Japan believes in, right? Then you have New Japan Strong, which is for us in America where we get to see not only our favorite New Japan wrestlers in Strong, but also the ones that are being developed in the LA Dojo. Maybe some from the Nage Dojo comes over from Japan and fights a New Japan strong and that goes on tour. So that's for us. That's their second brand, their sister promotion, if you will. And now the third one is New Japan Tamashi. Tamashi means spirit or soul. And that is going to be used for wrestlers in Australia, New Zealand, the Oceania area on that side because the Fale Dojo is in New Zealand and they are training the next batch of students to come out of the Fale Dojo and into the New Japan system. We currently have Michael Richards from the Fale Dojo. We currently have Andrew V because I am going to fuck up his last name. Until I get him on my show and I interview him, that's the only way I will know and remember how to pronounce his last name and we also have Oscar Lube which I hope that I pronounced his last name right I'm learning what everyone knew so we have those and more out of the dojos so Jonah could have definitely been part of New Japan Tomashi he could have been the face of it and that's what I was thinking was going to happen was that they were going to allow him to be part of that team because it's another representation of getting more Australians, more New Zealanders, more Oceania wrestlers that we never heard of. And that includes Samoans, Tongans, everybody in that part of the world where they get to showcase their craft and show it on New Japan Tamashi. However, I am heartbroken that I had to see. Jonah, not Bronson Reed, Jonah show up on Monday Night Raw last night to help The Miz win in a ladder match against Loomis. And then with the WWE Digital Exclusive backstage comments video, The Miz decided to pay Jonah his fee. The Miz has connections with everybody. You know, I'm not a fan of this new direction that The Miz is going into with Channing. He has tiny balls and that Maurice holds the bigger balls and everything. Like, I'm not a fan of this because I just find it so cringy. Like, I get it. I understand the entertainment aspect of it. And The Miz is the perfect guy to do this because he really is. However, he's the true mastermind behind everything. He's the one that can get things done, convince people, pay the money, hush money, whatever you need. The Miz got you. And I really do think that this was a smart move by The Miz to contact Jonah, a New Japan representative, to come into WWE. Now my whole entire brain and thinking process and conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call it is really high. All the flags are raised. We have Carl Anderson, who is still working with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He just defended his never openweight championship title against Hikaleo in a very disappointing fucking match. But yet then on Monday Night Raw, he gives us what I really want to see is a great match. I want to see that wrestling ability. This guy has been living on that 2012 victory, that New Japan Cup win in 2012. And people are like, Carl Anderson is so good. It's just frustrating to see the difference. And it might just be because of value. And this brings me to my next point. Well, actually, my questions. And I'm not sure if I'm ever going to interview Jonah or whatnot, but my questions would definitely be, did Jonah feel valuable over there in New Japan Pro Wrestling? They gave him everything. He had a platform. I was finally able to experience Jonah and see what Jonah was all about because for a while, I don't really know what to think and how to interpret his character. And I don't remember much from his NXT days and that's not really good of me to say, but that's an observation to make that I don't remember much of his NXT days I do remember he was the North American champion down in NXT and that's about it and then when he got released from WWE and he went over to New Japan Pro Wrestling he is Jonah I know he's a big guy and he definitely called himself the top dog and I was like I'm not convinced at this very moment so let me watch how his career unfolded in new japan in 2022 and i was starting to understand why he would always call himself the top dog everyone else was selling around him and boosting up his appearance his strength and everything else like that he had his teammates with him it all worked out it looked beautiful new japan pro wrestling knows how to make a monster they know how to elevate him so because of all those factors i am very happy that i got to enjoy and experience jonah in new japan pro wrestling and i was expecting him to be part of wrestle kingdom i was expecting him to be part of everything else maybe in the new year we'll see him do New Japan Pro Wrestling and WWE at the same time. If Carl Anderson could get that type of deal, why not have Jonah do that? And this just confirms to me that the Royal Rumble for 2023 is going to be the most unpredictable Royal Rumble in the history of professional wrestling, in the history of WWE. We don't really know who we're going to get. There is a fake Royal Rumble list going around. And Jay White's name is on there. All right, cool. Let's entertain the idea. The only reason why I would entertain the idea of having like Jay White, Okada, Tamatanga, Naito, Suzuki, being in the Royal Rumble of WWE for 2023 is because I trust Triple H way more than I trust Vince. I don't feel that Triple H would fuck over people for the sake of fucking over people. Vince McMahon is a true, straight up businessman that would fuck up, that will fuck over people for the sake of fucking them over. Because he will say it is in the name of business. And in business, you can't let personal feelings offend you or anything like that and in business it's business it's something that has to be done whether you like the decision or not however with that being said I still trust Triple H more than I trust Vince at least with Triple H there'll be logic behind decisions if he needs to make a really hard decision and then you could probably see the fruitfulness in the long run Most of the time, I really do think when Vince was making decisions, it was more of a short-term visionary. Like 90% and then like that 10% is a long-term visionary. But with Triple H, I think it's the other way around where he sees more long-term visionary than short-term visionary. If Triple H needs to do short-term visionary, then that's fine. But I really do think his visionary is more long-term. So, yeah, if we're entertaining the idea of having New Japan wrestlers come over to WWE, then I am okay with it because Triple H is in charge. If Jay White came over when Vince was in charge, I would have been like, bro, like, don't do it. Please don't do it. Like, my heart would be fucking broken if he went under like Vince's control. But if it's Triple H's control, it's better because I could definitely tell you that Triple H watches New Japan Pro Wrestling. Triple H loves professional wrestling in general. So even if he's not watching it, you know he's hearing it. And you know that people are reporting to him about this and that and who's hot and keeping him in the loop of things. You know, he still has WWE to run. He still has, like, everything else to do as duties. But he knows what's hot. He knows what's trending because... Like I said, even though he doesn't watch everything, there's people telling him. And I could tell you for 100% guarantee that he watched that Wrestle Kingdom that had the Elite on it. And that's why he offered them extra money to try to get them to WWE before the Elite was like, nah, we're going to make AEW instead. So... Triple H watches everything. He notices everything. He tends to build relationships with people that seems a little bit more friendly, a little bit more calmer than maybe how Vince would maybe approach it. So like I said, if any of the New Japan guys are going to go over to WWE, that's fine with me because I trust Triple H way more than anything else. And then who wouldn't want to see Jay White in a WWE ring? Maybe a Royal Rumble. Who wouldn't want to see Okada? at the Royal rumble Suzuki at the Royal rumble or Suzuki versus any of those guys that could give him a run for his money. Or we could probably see, you know, Tama, Hikaleo, Loa. Once he's completely healed facing off the bloodline. Like, I really want to see that. I want to see Tama, Loa, Hikaleo versus Roman Reigns and the Usos. And obviously, I want my guys to come out on top. I really do. And then I want tag team of the Usos versus Tama and Loa. Again, whenever Loa is 100% heel, I miss that dude. And of course, I want my guys to come out on top. But just to get back to the whole Jonah situation, it kind of did break my heart because I experienced his story his character building in New Japan Pro Wrestling and watched him grow and understood what he meant by being the top dog. And then beating Okada just really increased his name, his stock and everything. So I was attached to Jonah. I'm not attached to Bronson Reed. I'm more attached to Jonah. So seeing Jonah pop up on WWE television and siding with The Miz... To help him win against Loomis on Monday Night Raw, I was just like, what the fuck is this? So I was a little heartbroken. But, of course, if the money is right, take the money because you need it for your family, to survive, you know, all of that. Sometimes maybe Japan's money is not working out pretty well so you know that you could get more money here in the states or whatever not knocking you new japan pro wrestling i love you guys but in the conversation of this you go where the money goes and i totally understand the decision to come back i just want an explanation next monday night raw and we'll talk about it right here on the square circle podcast just know that i am a little heartbroken i felt a little betrayed because i definitely grew attached To Jonah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Square Circle podcast of me reviewing just two things on Monday Night Raw that really stuck out to me. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, again, make sure you head to your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure that you hit that follow button Turn on notifications. Make sure your phone lets you know when your favorite podcaster, Marie Shadows, drops a brand new Square Circle Podcast episode. As always, if you are not signed up to the newsletter, a wrestling newsletter that will soon have fiction writing on it, marieshadows.substack.com is the way to go. This episode will be ad free only on marieshadows.substack.com however if you did really enjoy this episode throw me a few bucks in that paypal link in the post when you get it in your email anything helps it's encouraged but not forced if that makes any sense that's you supporting a singular post from a content creator that gets pennies from ads everywhere else will have ads If you're not following me on Twitter, please make sure you do at Marie underscore shadows to know when I go live on Twitch, to know when a new episode drops, to know what I'm going to be doing this week is going to be very special. I will be having a book reveal. So if you want to see that book reveal, head over to twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows, where I will be doing it live on my Twitch channel. I created a book for everyone to enjoy. It is a wrestling planner. I'll have more details on it in the upcoming days. That's why you should not only follow my Twitch channel, but also sign up to the newsletter. And it will get here hopefully by the end of the week. So heading into, you know, Christmas and stuff like that. And then it'll go live before the end of the month. So just to quickly remind you guys, Twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows, MarieShadows.Substack.com, at Marie underscore Shadows. And wherever you listen to your podcasts is on Square Circle Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.